Brooklyn's Radio Surrey News Review for Friday the 10th of September. I'm Graham Laycock taking a look at this week's Surrey News Stories from the Surrey Advertiser and Surrey Live. First, this week's headlines in Surrey. Coronavirus rates increased by 21%. Garden Waste Service suspended in four Surrey boroughs and plans for over a 1,000 homes at Woking Football Club rejected. Coronavirus infection rates are up in 11 areas of Surrey according to the latest figures from Public Health England. Spelthorne has the highest coronavirus infection rate in Surrey. There were 340 confirmed cases during week ending the 5th of September and the lowest rate in the county is Guildford. The infection rate for the whole county of Surrey is now 303.7 cases per 100,000 people. There were a total of 3,633 positive tests across Surrey in the week ending the 5th of September, which is 640 more cases than the previous week. The number of cases therefore risen in the county by 21%. So let's look at the infection rates by borough, starting with the highest borough's rate to the lowest. Spelthorne 340.4 up 21%, Surrey Heath 331.8 up 11%, Rygate and Banstead 325 an increase of 24%, Elmbridge 317.7 up 32%, Tandridge 317.4 up 40%, Epsom and Newell 302.5 up 48%, Waverley 297.1 an increase of 15%, Mole Valley 292.4, up 41%. Runnymede 273.5, up 13%. Woking 269, up 14%. And Guildford 267.4, up 2%. And more than 70,000 people aged 16 and over across Surrey are yet to get a single COVID-19 jab. That's compared to around 60,000 children aged 12 to 15 years old in the county who could soon be given the green light to get vaccinated. The British Society for Immunology says the UK governments must redouble their efforts to reach adults who are still not jabbed and encourage them to get protected against the virus. Public Health England data shows 888,241 people aged 16 and over across Surrey have received their first vaccine by the 5th of September. That leaves 74,703 people in the age group are still completely unvaccinated. Uh, Using ONS population figures, 92% of 16-plus adults in Surrey have received their first jab by September 5th, but if you use the NHS data, it's only 83%, though the latter is likely to be an underestimate. Across the UK, the equivalent rate at the moment of vaccine people is 89% for those aged 16 and over. The British Society for Immunology said that while the vaccine take-up has been impressive so far, there was still work to do. Dr Doug Brown, the group's chief executive, said we all know that more than one in ten eligible adults have yet to come forward for their first vaccine dose. This means they are at significantly higher risk of catching COVID and experiencing severe symptoms that could result in hospitalisation as well as potentially suffering long COVID. I would encourage anyone who's yet to receive their first vaccine or hasn't yet completed their vaccine course to come forward to get the jab to protect themselves against falling sick to this horrible disease. 
Four Surrey boroughs will not have their garden waste collected again until next year due to the national HGV driver shortage. Residents who subscribe to the service have been expecting to have it resumed, uh, but councillors in Elmbridge, Mole Valley, Surrey Heath and Woking have been today announced collections are now suspended for the foreseeable future. Joint Waste Solutions, who manage the waste collection contract with Amy in these boroughs, said the driver shortage is continuing to worsen and the situation is not expected to improve for some months. It has given no date for collections to resume, but subscriptions will be extended to compensate for the missed collections. Working Councillor Anne-Marie Barker, Liberal Democrat leader, said residents of overflowing bins or extra bags of green waste at a busy time in the garden. They can take their green waste to the community recycling centre, but this is at an extra cost for those whose vehicle is a van, unavailable to those without a vehicle and may be challenging for older residents or those with a disability. With the bulky waste collection service also still unavailable, she's concerned they may suffer even more fly-tipping locally. Elmbridge Borough Council's Chief Executive Robert Moran has written to customers apologising. He said, Over the summer we've been working with our contractor Amy to ensure the waste crews are deployed to maximum capacity. Overtime has been made available, pay and retention bonuses have been announced and we have trawled the employment agencies to seek additional drivers. The fact is that HGV drivers are in great demand and they're not enough to go round. All household rubbish, recycling and food waste collections will continue to run as normal. Garden waste can be taken to Surrey County Council Community Recycling Centres free and JWS said they are monitoring queues and opening hours may be extended if there is increased demand. Land around Woking Football Club targeted by a developer for more than a 1,000 homes is more appropriate for 93, a planning inspector has said. The National Planning Inspector approved a modification suggestion it is reasonable to build fewer than 100 homes on the Kingfield site rather than the proposed 1,048 flats put forward by developer Golddev. An action group which fought the plans, called South Woking Action Group, otherwise known as SWAG, have welcomed the recommended cut. Wayne Gold, director and developer of Gold Dev, Woking Limited, said he would submit a comment on the allocation this week and will await the planning inspectorate's decision. Since last July, the inspector has been reviewing a Woking Borough Council document that allocates land to the borough for a range of uses, from houses to retail and employment. In the original version, Woking Football Club was the only site allocated for housing for which the Borough Council gave no indication of numbers and which the inspector pointed out was inconsistent with other allocations. SWAG are hoping this amendment will thwart a planning application for the 1,048 flats, which was refused permission but is being appealed. Woking Borough Council received 1,840 objections from the public and 496 comments in support of the plans, which included 45% affordable housing and a new 9,000-seat football stadium. Councillor Louise Morales, LD for Ho Valley, uh, who argued for a lower figure, said, I'm very pleased to get this. It's taken about 10 years. She said it brought the density of the housing down to about 60 dwellings per hectare outside the football ground, which is the top end of the council's policy outside the town centre rather than the last application, which was something like 850 dwellings per hectare. It was insane. 
Working Councillor Gary Elson, portfolio holder for planning policy, said the council was extremely pleased when the inspector had found its site allocations document sound and legally compliant, subject to a number of modifications which had been publicly consulted upon at the end of 2020. The inspector's final report will be considered and presented to the full council for adoption later this year. No decision date for the Gold Dev appeal has been set. A dermatologist who worked at a Surrey Hospital Trust asked one of his female patients to pull her underwear down during an appointment for cystic acne and examined her groin area without first explaining why. Dr Giorgio Tuskoff, who asked another female patient to take her trousers off in front of him without offering a chaperone or the opportunity to undress behind a screen, making her feel really uncomfortable. The doctor, who qualified in 1998 from Sofia Medical University in Bulgaria, was working as a locum consultant dermatologist at Ashford and St Peter's Hospital's NHS Foundation Trust at the time of these events in 2019. It was alleged he failed to provide adequate care and treatment for two female patients known as patient A and B, and this led to a medical practitioner tribunal service misconduct hearing in July this year. According to their report published online, Dr. Tkowski did not provide any explanation as to why he undertook a rather unorthodox form of examination on both patients, but he now understands what went wrong and why. He said he was deeply sorry for the way he made them feel and that it was not his usual practice to ask a patient to lower or remove their trousers in front of him. In his oral evidence, he said that he needed to be more focused on patient care and recognised he had not provided the level of privacy and dignity that the patients expect. He told the tribunal about the workload pressures he was under at the time, stating these factors had impacted on his ability to carry out his role effectively. He said that he has since completed relevant courses, which reminded him why it was important to provide an appropriate level of care to patients. The report said the doctor apologised for the impact of his actions had on patient A and B, stating that he had apologised generally to both patients in his correspondence with the trust at the time. He said he was deeply sorry for the way he had made them feel and said that doctors should be a pillar of hope for everyone rather than just focus on the medical aspect of their work. After considering all the facts, the panel determined that the doctor's fitness to practice is impaired by reason of his misconduct. The panel determined that a period of conditional registration for a period of 12 months starting immediately is the appropriate and proportionate sanction in this case. The case will be reviewed by the Medical Practitioners Tribunal before the end of the period of conditional registration, the report said. A spokesman for the Trust said we'd like to apologise to patients affected by the actions of this agency doctor. The Trust's priority is always to protect the interest and safety of patients. As soon as we were aware of the concerns, the doctor was not booked for any further shifts. An investigation was launched and the matter was referred to the GMC. The doctor's contract with Ashford St Peter's Hospital has been terminated and he no longer is employed by the Trust. Hundreds of donations have been made in a Surrey borough to support Afghan refugees who fled their country following the Taliban's taking power. More than 400 people have contributed to the cause in Spelthorne in a volunteer-led operation coordinated by Staines Rotary. Nick Sharmalus, the Staines Rotary Vice President-elect, said within a matter of days, Ashford Youth Centre was full to the rafters with offerings from the community. And uh, he said the community response was fantastic. They saw a situation which they'd hate to be in, which was awful. 
They were desperate to provide support, but we didn't know where to put it. We provided the space for that to happen. Spoltham Borough Council confirmed on August 24th that 58 Afghan refugees had arrived in the borough, 10 women, 10 men and 38 children, who were moved into temporary accommodation having completed a period of quarantine. Since then, one of the first families to arrive has sourced longer-term accommodation in the north of England and another family has moved in. On August 23rd, Staines Rotary made a call-out on Facebook telling residents they could donate over the next three days. Ashford Youth Centre opens its doors to act as a base and a group of around 35 volunteers sorted through the donations of clothes, colour books, shoes and more. They were boxed up and put into cars to be transported directly to individuals in need. Staines Rotary also ensured bespoke requests are made to suit individual requests. This led to donations of buggies, car seats as well as laptops and printer so that young children could continue their learning. Over the bank holiday weekend, the volunteers also made aware of 250 refugees not necessarily bound for Spelthorne who had arrived at Heathrow Airport with nothing. Nick said we realised there were around those 200 Afghans arriving at Heathrow with no shoes at all, with nothing. We did a one-and-a-half-hour special response and got seven cars to deliver around 40 boxes to the hotel. Staines Rotary is now taking financial donations to provide more targeted approach that uh, is needed. Residents in Byfleet say they're devastated after a national planning inspector signed off in principle Woking's plans to build hundreds of homes on its greenbelt. The planning inspectorate said Woking has an exceptional circumstances requires justifying changes to greenbelt boundaries. The bulk of the greenbelt land suggested for development by Woking Borough Council is in the Byfleets, with some in Mayford and Brookwood. Working Borough Councillor Amanda Boot, independent for Byfleet and West Byfleet, who has been part of a long struggle to try to protect the village's greenbelt, said residents were up in arms. There'll be nothing between Byfleet and West Byfleet, and the whole point of greenbelt is to prevent urban sprawl. Where is all the wildlife to go? She took a petition to protect Woking's greenbelt to Parliament in 2019, another signed by 2,760 presented to Woking Borough Council at the end of 2020, but the petitioner was told it was too late to change the site allocations development plan document. After several years in the making, it was submitted to the planning inspector last July and has now, with some modifications, been pronounced sound and legally compliant. The inspector's report and modifications will be considered and presented to full council for adoption later this year. Councillor Boot said, We've done all we can to fight it, but now it just feels like a foregone conclusion. The fields surrounding West Hall in West Byfleet have been allocated to build 555 homes and 15 traveller pitches. And she said, I'm worried about the lack of infrastructure to support this. Madeira Medical Centre already has 30,000 registered patients and people are telling me they can't get an appointment for three weeks. The A245 is already gridlocked. Even the sewage system is antiquated. We're at a creaking point already, so if we add another 1,000 people into the mix... The inspector was positive about the borough's council's ability to deliver the necessary number of homes stated in its core strategy, which would see 4,964 homes built between 2010 and 27. Town centre locations, including those where housing will be enabled by major road improvements around Victoria Arch, are likely only to be suitable for high-density flatted developments, in other words, not for three- and four-bedroom family homes that are needed. Woking's core strategy indicates a density for greenbelt housing much lower than the town centre of 30 to 50 dwellings per hectare.
which is, makes it much more suited to houses rather than blocks of flats. The inspector said the loss of some greenbelt may be justified in order to provide the right mix of housing. He is satisfied that by prioritising and intensifying use in the town centre and other urban areas, the council's vision makes much use as possible of suitable brownfield sites and underutilised land and optimises the density of development. As a result, he said, the exceptional circumstances required to justify its proposed changes to its greenbelt boundary did exist. Any of the proposed developments do still require planning consent to be progressed. Police found a cannabis farm with hundreds of plants growing out in the open earlier this week. Sorry police were able to make the discovery thanks to some fantastic information from a member of the public. Officers were caught in a dress in Old Woking and found approximately 200 plants at the cannabis farm. The plants were subsequently destroyed and no arrests have been made as of Tuesday this week. The force said it would not provide further details of the location due to operational reasons. A spokesman for Woking Beat's Facebook page said any information, no matter how small you think might help, can help us protect our local community. And finally, there was traffic chaos on the N25 on September the 9th uh, as a cow ran onto the motorway. A Highways England traffic camera picture showed police at the scene trying to catch the runaway cow. All traffic was held on both sides of the M25. Surrey Police had received several calls from members of the public around 8.35am on Thursday morning, reporting that a cow had broken through a fence and wandered onto the anti-clockwise carriageway between junctions 5 and 6 near Godstone. The motorway was blocked while traffic officers and the farmer worked to move the cow, reportedly called Daisy, back to her field. The carriageways were reopened at 9.23am, but residual delays of about 30 minutes were reported. And that completes our look at Stories in Surrey this week. This has been Brooklyn's Radio Surrey News Review with Graham Laycock, and you can hear the Surrey News Review every Friday at 1pm and 7pm on Brooklyn's Radio, and you can keep up to date with the Surrey Advertiser and at Surrey Live.